Hey and welcome to That Dubai Girl, the podcast. I'm Elisa. And I'm Kirsty. Every week we'll be chatting about the trials and tribulations of living in Dubai. Your problems, your big wins and your crazy confusions. We're here to try our best to help guide you through it all. There's going to be some silly chat from us and we'll be joined by very professional experts who will actually say stuff that matters. We want to thank you for being part of our ultimate girl gang. Right, let's get on with it then. Kirsty. I'm good, I'm good. Hey, I'm you're good. buzzing this week. Your mum's here now, right? Yeah. Oh. I'm, so, I'm so happy to see her. How's it been? Amazing. Yeah? What yep. have you been doing? All the things. Like? Eating great food, going to nice pools. Oh. Just like, just, yeah, living our best. It's just nice to have a few days off, to be honest. Yeah. And just like literally be like i'm leaving the phone i'm leaving the laptop yes we're just gonna lay in the sun and eat all the food oh i'm honestly i'm delighted for you that your mum's here i'm excited for you um look this is our 10th episode Ooh. i know right we've made it to we've number made 10 it, we've made it to double digits i know look at us delighted um and we have had some feedback mm-hmm. and uh well i'm on love at breakfast this week with lorna who's amazing it's great we've got a little girl power show going on and love she it. gave us some lovely feedback she says we're great and stuff but she did say that she hates the music on the podcast Oh, what the like? Din, 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 din. I like the music. Yeah, I like the music. Also, like it's literally the beginning and the end. Like, well, it's in the middle as well. She's like, oh, with the little bit about the din, 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 and I was like, mm. I love it. If, if to me, it's jolly. When I thought about the music that I wanted for this podcast, I wanted it to sound like Love Island. Yeah, and I think we've achieved that. Yeah, it is, <laughs> it is very Love Island esque. I know it is. It's great. Uh, look, so Kirsty, this week uh, we've got a few great guests on, and we're going to be talking about girls who are killing it in industries that are traditionally boys industries if you can even say that now well i mean in this day and age nothing should be traditionally a boys industry but you know i think our guests today probably do come from situations that are more heavily male dominated you know we're here to try a footballer we've got Amazing, yeah, and and like, didn't wasn't it like I don't know, I'm probably someone who knows football more than me is going to get, but didn't like the you didn't like the England women's team like win a major thing? I I don't know. Yeah, I feel like I'm going to Google this. I don't concern myself with England news. No offense. All right. She's currently sitting in a blue and white flag, everybody, and she's got it tattooed on her forehead. Well, Scotland did win a cricket match yesterday, so big news, babe. Okay, big news. Yeah, um, but, I mean, I remember we've had this conversation before. You were a bit of a tomboy growing up, weren't you? Oh, my God, such a tomboy. Like, I I mean, not that jeans are traditionally girly, because, I mean, men wear jeans as well. But, yeah, lived in tracksuits until I was, like, 12 or 13. Horse rider, scruffy. Love it. Like... Never plucked my eyebrows, had a strong <laughs> monobrow, um, you know, Fab. scruffy, dirty, like, yeah, wasn't girly at all until about 13, 14. Till I kind of got into maybe year eight or year nine and, you know, had a lot of girly mates. Mm-hmm. Um, so we used to do this thing, like, so we always used to get dropped at our one friend's house in the morning before we went to secondary school. And she was like the cool, she was super cool. Oh, nice. You ran um, with the cool crowd. I was, yeah. Still... I don't know how, well but done. yeah there on the edge um, and used to get dropped off at her house and yeah. I remember her being the first person in our friendship group to ever have GHD <gasps> when they were like oh my goodness you so know, expensive like, so expensive and like I mean they're still expensive but 
you know, we're adults now and we earn our own money. But when we were like, I don't know, 13 and she had a pair of GHDs and we always used to get dropped at her house and literally sit there <laughs> and GHD our hair. Like we had to get dropped at her house like 30 minutes before school. Wow. Um, all sat and GHD'd our hair. Like it was like major. What? Like, and your mum was willing to just drop you off at this girl's house just to straighten your hair? Yeah, because we were like a little, like, we were, you know, that was my first ever were experience like of being in a girl. Girls? I would hope not, but I couldn't, <laughs> I couldn't honestly comment. Like, it's interesting to know that you were popular at school because I think. No, no, I've... I was in the, I wasn't popular, I was in the popular. Group. Well, that makes you popular then. Mm, don't know if that's true. I think it does. No. You were in the crew. Like in my school, there was very much a distinct popular group, mm-hmm. which I was not in. But. I did sometimes get invited to their little parties and stuff, which oh, really? made me seem a little bit cool. I wasn't—I wouldn't say I was like an outsider, but I wouldn't say I was particularly cool. I was kind of a floater, which doesn't sound like a very nice thing to say, a floater. So it's not a very glamorous term, but that's exactly what I was at school. Uh, but look, I mean, it's, it's bad to say that there are male jobs, female jobs, but there are industries now that girls are really killing it in that traditionally it was seen as a man's world. Yeah. I mean, it's all a man's world, babes, you know, still, unfortunately. Yeah, I mean, it is, but I do, I, I like, I, I think I said this last week, I do definitely, like, see changes and, like, with things that I'm doing at the moment and projects that I'm working on, which traditionally should be, like, super male. Yeah. I'm seeing so many females involved and, like, like, I do feel that this, um, I definitely feel it here, like in the UAE, this, I, I don't know how to put, say this the right way, but this new wave of government, Emirati culture, like, especially traditionally that would have been seen as like very, very male. Yeah. Um, like the experiences I'm having are just like fantastic and just make me feel like, wow, this this country is leaps and bounds ahead of other countries so in good. so many ways um totally like res- respected listened to like open conversations and i just love it i love being a part of it like i so i good. love being somewhere where this change is happening and i'm actually like seeing it in front of my eyes and obviously like we know we can't not acknowledge that dubai's got a reputation being in the middle east right yeah. and everyone's like oh okay they're like oh you live in dubai can girls even drive there i'm like one that's saudi and two they can now yeah so <laughs> yeah exactly you know girls can do everything boys can do huh? yeah we can it's great and um were you ever a fan of the apprentice kirsty oh you're fired yeah yeah sir alan Sugar. i mean when i lived in the uk definitely i used to kind of because that was like something i could watch with my parents yeah. and it was like you know we could watch it as a fam nothing like controversial there like well the appre- i mean was. alan sugar is controversial yeah he is. but i would say probably since i've lived over here and it's not as it's not just you know life's hectic and it's not as easy to watch maybe not as much recently but yeah i know the apprentice and it's I get good it. isn't it yeah yeah well we've got someone who was a contestant on the apprentice 2015 Amazing. i think selena waterman smith now, when Selena was on The Apprentice, she was painted as one of the controversial figures okay. because she's kind of like a boss bitch, right? Yeah. She didn't take any shit off yeah. anyone. And she got painted as a real villain on the show. Yeah. And I remember when I was doing my other radio show, Dubai 92, we got her on the show and it was after she left and she was getting slated online and it wasn't nice. So today yeah. we're going to talk to her about what that's I like. I love it when you the pick target. the guests and I have like yeah. no clue. It's really nice. So yeah. for those listening, we take turns organising mm-hmm. the guests and yeah. so it's, it's always a thrill for me when I don't know who it is and I'm walking and I'm like, oh, fab. Yeah, mm. well, we're going to talk to Selena about what it's like to be on the receiving end of 
real trolling. Yeah. Because this is a real thing right now. I know yeah. like Little Mix are doing a big thing right now, trolling. The girls in the band, Jesse from Little yeah. Mix is getting trolled. Yeah, yeah, Leanne's yeah. Leanne's getting trolled. And it, it must be a real crippling thing to have to go through. I mean, you know my feelings about people behind computers like yeah. I just literally I don't <laughs> like right now you can post something on one of the major one of the any of the major social media platforms uh-huh. about vaccines yeah. about covid and it will automatically trigger that label A okay warning, that yeah. warning label and what I can't understand is if you can do that mm-hmm. you should be able to trigger other things bullying um, yeah. like our Facebook group mm-hmm. for example we've got loads of trigger words you know like bitch hey oh. things like this no but <laughs> bitch. no but do you know what I mean like people getting like yeah, yeah, yeah. sometimes it's hard because sometimes the words people use are not words that, that you are would, intended yeah. to be used yeah. in that way um, and like obviously the word hey it mm-hmm. can be like oh I, I hate that sandwich like it doesn't have to be like that it's something but we we made a conscious effort we sat down and we were like what words could people use when they're trying to like things like shut your mouth like do you know what i mean things that like could be in that scenario and what happens like managing a facebook page what happens when the one of those trigger words come up so it alerts all the admin yeah um and it shows us exactly like it will show us the post and it will show us like so with a Facebook group, the post we approve anyway. So right, okay. when the post, when you can see a post, we've already said like, yeah, let it be. Mm-hmm. Um, so this will be like comments or mm-hmm. tags or anything. And that alerts us and it will show us the post and it will show us the comment. And mm-hmm. like like I said, with the word hate, sometimes it can be like, oh, I hate that that brunch or I hate yeah, dinner. Yeah, yeah. So we just can leave it. But then if it's something that we're not happy with, um, we can remove it. And when we remove it, we can tell the person why we're removing it. Yeah, and we like can that. We can refer back to our rules, which that person has agreed to, to be in our group. Mm-hmm. Um, and in the extreme circumstances, we can just block it. We can actually remove the person and take down all their comments in the past, like, 14 days. Have you ever had posts like that yeah. that you were unhappy with? and what what kind of stuff was it um i mean as a group we've been called like dictators and nazis because like really? we've tried to stop people like um there's been cases where people just go in spamming people like mm. on their you know inboxes and stuff we've had you know people put like we've had quite a lot of rants like Things about, I think we've said this before, adopting dogs, buying dogs, buying That's cats. That's a controversial one. Um, yeah. we, we tend to not even have posts about pets, to mm-hmm. be honest with mm-hmm. you. Because... But we've got dogs in Dubai for that now. Exactly. Yeah. And even like, not to sound savage, but like all these adoption posts and these find, I've found this kitten and da, da, like, don't get me wrong. But like you said, there's all these Facebook groups for this stuff. Mm-hmm. So we try and keep that out of our group. Um and yeah, sometimes people just raging on each other. Like we talk about questions and we say like opinions. And as we've said, if someone's putting a question out there or asking for advice, they're expecting responses. Yeah. But it's about responding with kindness. Yeah. Um, and responding, thinking about the other person's feelings yeah. and how, you know, as two strangers on the internet who don't know each other and it's no, you know, if you sent me a message or whatever, some of your friends sent you something and you were a bit like, mm, I'm not sure how she meant that. You'd ask because it's someone you yeah. actually know. Um, or you'd know because you know them. But yeah, we yeah we, we have had to say to people and 
in some cases, people will say to us, like, oh, I never meant it in that way, or if it came across that way, like, I don't want to upset anyone. Mm -hmm. Some cases, people are like, it's free speech, I can say what I want. Yeah, you can. Yeah, yeah, you can (laughs) say what you want, but either say it in a nice way or say it somewhere else. It's all about having respect for people. Right, so let's get Selena on to tell us all about her journey. Now, Selena originally was, it's from the UK, then she moved to Dubai, then Mm -hmm. she was on The Apprentice, then she moved back to Dubai. So it's great, she's a real Dubai girl So she is a Dubai girl. She is indeed. So mm-hmm. let's get her on. All right, so today we've got Selena Waterman Smith on. Hi, Selena. Hi, how's it going? Yeah, going really good, thanks. How are you doing? Fantastic, can't complain. Good. So, a little bit about you. You were on The Apprentice in 2015, The Apprentice UK, right? Mm-hmm, correct. Yeah. And how was that? Like, how did you end up getting involved in that? And what made you, like, want to go for it and show yourself on reality TV? Because that can be quite a daunting <laughs> process, right? Yeah, well, you know, I, I was a huge fan of The Apprentice, like so many people are. And, of course, we all sit there at home and we watch them making these mistakes. And I thought, like everybody else, I can do it so much better. <laughs> so I decided to apply and, uh, yeah, and ended up just getting through all the different rounds and, and going on the show. I thought it was a legitimate business show, but it's, it's a little bit more reality TV <laughs> yeah. than they'd have you believe. Can I ask you, what what did you have to do? Because I, um, I got... I got an email asking if I would be interested in applying to a, a reality TV show. Which one? Love Island? No. Some, a Set new, X on the beach? No, a, no. Something that's not come out yet, but something that's going to be based about Dubai and business business entrepreneurs in yeah. Dubai. Um, and it was like, um, you know, ideally... Uh, you will be single. So they oh. pitched it as like, it's about entrepreneurs. It's about people who've moved to Dubai and um, are like, you know, you, you know, have come, f- come with one career and expanded into something else. Or, you know, maybe they moved over here as a, from the UK as a small time estate agent and they're now running a, a retail, com- um, what is it? Re- not retail. Real estate. Real estate company. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and, but the whole like you have to be single. Where do mm. you? What do you splash your cash on? Oh. Uh, where do you hang out on the weekends? And I was just like, mm, you're going to paint us all in very different pictures. I know, but this is the thing with reality TV. Like that's the stuff we want to see. You know what I mean? Like mm. it's all fair and well. Like like you say, Selena, you went on there and you you you. I mean, you were already killing it in business at that point, weren't you? You already had your own events company, didn't you? Yeah. So I, I had my event company that I wanted to expand and I wanted to set up like a global kind of high-end fancy dress retail shop that would would be B2B. Um, And I'd never had an investor. And I thought, cool, let's start at the top. Let's go for Alan Sugar. Yes. (laughs) Let's let's not do this by halves, you know. (laughs) I love it. Um, But that that business show that you were saying about Dubai, that sounds interesting. But then, yeah, of course, the angle about are you single? I mean, they're looking for dirt, you know. Mm, Nobody wants to watch a business program with legitimate, sensible accountants Mm. doing things well. You want drama, and intrigue and, 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 and love is a great way to bring that into reality shows, unfortunately. We love the drama. Don't we love we? the drama, Mick. <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, Selena, so you, when you were on the show, how did you think that you were painted versus what was actually happening when you were doing oh, it? I mean, horrendous. I think, I think with episode one, I'd already flown to England and, and told, the, told the BBC that I was going to sue them. I mean, I was raging. Yeah. Absolutely furious. I mean, 
I just you take it for granted. You mm. cannot fathom the the power that they have of editing. And people are like, oh, you're just saying that you're badly edited, right? And I'm like, no, no, you don't get it. They mm-hmm. actually cut footage up and they set up scenes and they force you to say things. And the producers put pressure on you and they won't like they won't let you answer a question in certain ways. They'll ask you a question if you say no, I don't think that. They'll say no, we can't we can't submit that footage. You need to give us the answer in the opposite way. So they're painting this, weaving this big story that completely didn't happen. I mean, it's such an abuse of um of humans to be honest and you're not the first person that said that like to Mm -hmm. me like I know we take the mick out about like the only way is Essex and Love Island and all these things Mm -hmm. but like I've actually spoken to a few people who've been on these various shows and they just say like do not do one of these shows like obviously it gives for a lot of people regardless of whether they paint you as the princess or the villain like it gives you platforms and Mm -hmm. it gives you ways to launch a business but they were saying like one girl was saying to me like how she's she's not the person they portrayed her to be. They portrayed her to be the ultimate bitch of the show. And (sighs) she said, like, they'd literally edit, like... She'd be pulling a face at something completely different at a different time, but she was sat in while they're in the scene, for example. And then they would, like, edit that face as a response to, like, something happening. And she'd be like... That if I pulled that face, it was completely subconsciously, and it was like you know me screwing my nose up at like I don't know something someone said or a joke, you know a joke, and like she'd laugh and at something completely unrelated, and they'd edit her laughing into something else, and you know she said to me like it gave her great you know great opportunities afterwards but so much trolling so much hate like I as a business owner here in Dubai like get upset when people send me um like we had an event uh, Mm -hmm. a few weeks ago um and there was rules around PCR tests and stuff like that and the rules that were in place for our event were you know were due to the 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 host environment and you know people like oh why are you making a show PCR test nowhere else is Dubai is doing it and like even getting like a dozen messages like that to me upset me and I was like imagine if you're getting like hundreds and thousands of these like I just don't know how people do it I mean Selena for me obviously I'm way small scale compared to being on the telly darling but you know like I'm on the radio I'm exposing my personality to people and you know I've, I've had a minimal amount of bad feedback which is lovely because I think people here are more reluctant to say bad things they'd rather just not say anything which I think is the best approach right yeah but, also I think because here there's rules yeah you know so true. like this whole I'm this I, I mean I agree with this and disagree with this in certain ways this whole like you can't slander anyone mm-hmm. you shouldn't be able to slander no. anyone but there is a difference between slandering someone and sharing your opinion like yeah. I've had it where like for example someone's put on our page like oh I went to this hair salon and they've I, they haven't done my hair in the way I want and blah 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 and you'll get two types of salon owner or hairstylist response to that you'll get the hairstylist who genuinely feels they did the best job and wants to reach out to the person and wants to talk to the person and resolve it mm-hmm. and we've had that and you'll get the hairstylist that comes to us and goes that person's slandering me you need to take that off your page la 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 no it's like TripAdvisor hunt it's someone's opinion yeah. and unless you can prove that what they're saying is completely untrue mm-hmm. why are you not trying to fix it but it's hard and I mean Selena like as far as you're concerned, when you were on that show, you were like in the newspapers, weren't you? So this was a big, big thing that happened to you. Yeah, apparently when I was on the show, 86% of Google search results for The Apprentice brought up my name. <gasps> so I had more I had more press 
than any other candidate in history during the time that the show was on. And I was on, like, front page. However, we do have a contract with The Apprentice that says we're not allowed to do our own press. So unlike Love Island and all these other shows where they want you to have social media, The Apprentice contract says you have to delete your Instagram, your LinkedIn, you're not allowed to talk to the newspapers, they're Mm. not allowed to have any kind of voice because they don't want you conflicting with their narrative. So you can't defend yourself. Exactly. That's what I said. Yeah. I said this, this is not. This is this is a very clever strategy of a way of silencing candidates. Uh, and you know, they did say to me, if you keep talking to the newspapers, you know, you're in breach of contract, and I'll sue you. And I said, please come to Dubai and open a case with Dubai Court. Yeah. It would be hilarious for me <laughs> to watch you try and make that stick in Dubai. Like I don't live in the UK, babe. You carry on. Oh, yeah. and how did that like affect your mental health going through that, Selena? Because that was, couldn't have been easy. It, it was awful. Yeah. It was awful. And, you know, I, I don't have any support. Like I don't have any any like family that mm. I could rely on in the UK. I was fighting this whole battle with this whole corporation of the. BBC. Oh. I had to figure out how to get in touch with legal departments at newspapers to correct things that were very openly inaccurate and slanderous. It was it was like a minefield. And of course, being approached by agents and being offered Celebrity Big Brother and mm-hmm. going to events like it was it was it's a very crazy world. And I think you have to be very thick skinned to have a media career after reality TV. Um, and I, I wouldn't do it again. <laughs> no, and that, that's why. I mean, you you kind of took that. You you were very good at handling it. And I remember I was saying to Christy, like I interviewed you at, at my old radio station and at, just after the show, and I was so shocked by your resilience because that would have been that would have t- like tore me apart. I, I would have just been an absolute shell. So I've got to applaud you because you were you were a kick ass babe after that. Seriously, <laughs> you were, and not a lot of people can handle it. But anyway, so forget that. Forget the Apprentice. We'll move on. Yeah, now you are really doing very well. In the, in the business sphere, but the, I mean, the, tell us about what happened when when you left The Apprentice and what you decided because you decided to come back to Dubai after that, right? Yeah, well, Dubai is my home, and I've been here for 13 years. So I, I came back, but my heart wasn't really in events anymore. Mm. You know, I was trying to upscale that business into something else. So I decided to get into into food and beverage, and I set up a group of um, different restaurant brands, uh, which I've been doing for the last sort of five years. Um, however, I've, I've been in business for nearly 20 years and I started to find the business world a bit soulless mm. and I do have a real calling to kind of help people and I'm really focused on building communities for women. So I actually did all my coaching and NLP courses as self-development, but mm-hmm. I just realized I think that's what I should be focusing my time on. So I sold all of my food companies this year and now wow. my primary focus is um, is coaching, public speaking, developing seminars for women to do self-development and things like that. Amazing. So, so cool. And, yeah. and how is that? Like, what does your day-to-day look like these days? Well, my day-to-day at the moment is fantastic because I'm not officially working full-time again. I'm trying to take a slight break between because I know everything's going to get super busy with my coaching soon. So when I am at work, it's kind of filming content and IG videos, writing blogs, working on my seminars. Um, I have a couple of community groups, like one for downtown women that I organize events for. And then I'm a, I'm a co-founder of a group called Women's Wellness UAE. Okay. Mm-hmm. So we're always planning events and wellness, things like that. And then sometimes we do events with uh, like sound bowl healing, guided meditation, breath work. Um, I'm learning to do yoga nidra. So it's all kind of health, wellness, 
um, based, basically, which is great. So cool, honestly. And it's funny because we, we've only met a couple of times, but I always get so proud of you when, when I see... Like, it's Her just face so... is beaming, by the way. No, She's seriously. literally sitting here, like, beaming at the microphone. Because it's, it's like, I That's was a big cute. fan of The Apprentice back then, and, and I, I honestly, I just thought, like, this is awful. Yeah. Like what? What they've what they've done to this poor girl, and I felt a real affiliation with you already because I was like, oh yeah, this girl lives in Dubai, and I live in Dubai. It's great. And then afterwards meeting you, I was just like, man, that this they've got this all wrong. Well, Selena, thank you so much for talking to us today, and best of luck with your coaching business. And God help us, Kirsty and I need coaching, don't we? <laughs> Well, today I need all the things, all the things today. We need all the help in the Maybe world. Maybe you Selena. can create a TDG seminar. We yeah. can collab and get something amazing going for the girls. I think one of the, one of the key focuses of, of this work that I'm doing now is any any opportunity for women to support women, mm-hmm. and it just doesn't happen enough. So any collaborations with women that want to support and help each other, like this podcast today, for example, I think that's where we as women need to be focusing. It's awesome. We Amazing. agree. We, we agree wholeheartedly. <laughs> Thank you so much, Selena. Thanks for the chat All today. Right, you're welcome. Thanks Have so much. Day. Bye. Wasn't she amazing? I just I loved it. I love, I love hearing female empowerment success stories. I, I know it's amazing, it. seriously. And I love hearing behind the scenes on reality TV as well. I love the goss. I love all reality TV. What have you been watching? Any good reality TV shows recently? Honestly, mate, I just, I don't know where my, my days are just blurring into one. So like, you don't sit at the end of the night and maybe watch a reality well, TV show? Um, I, I, my night ended last night at about one a.m. this morning. Right, so. <laughs> it's funny. Actually, what did I have on in the background? I just had suits on in the background. I just have to have something I've already watched. Yeah, okay. Yeah. I don't like sitting in silence. Yeah. So depending on my mind set and what I, what time of day it is, I'm either got music on in the background or I've got like a rerun of something or my radio show. Oh, you're right. Ah, yeah, of okay. course. Uh, right, look, we're going to speak to someone else today. We're talking about, you know, women killing it in interesting fields that are not traditionally for girls, but now they are definitely for girls. And we're going to talk to Lauren McMurty, who is a professional footballer. Okay. Amazing. She played professionally. Mm-hmm. She's played in the Champions League and everything. Who did she play for? She played for, I think, a team called Glasgow City. Nice. They are we're in the Champions League and she's done that and now she's living here in the UAE and she is one of the founders of the only female football team in the UAE that's actually owned by women. Wow. So this is going to be really cool, right? Yeah, very, very cool. Let's get her on. All right, so we've got Lauren on. Hey, Lauren. Hi, good old, how are you? Yeah, very good, thank you. So, Kirsty, Lauren is a professional footballer. So tell us about your career, Lauren. How did you get into this? Um, I think it was just like every girl or boy, their dad. <laughs> or most girls yeah. or boys, their dad. Um, yeah, I was going to say to you, actually, at the start, like, yeah, I always used to be like... Play, I played goal. I wasn't that great because I used to get scared when it came towards me. <laughs> well, that's not a real. That's not a good start, is it? When no, the ball came towards you, you'd get scared. I mean, I, I used to stop it, but I used to just get. You scared. used to stop it, but that, right, yeah. yeah. I see why that would f- hold you back from being a professional, actually, Kirsty. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, right, so yeah, your dad really encouraged you to do it. Were you a big football fan growing up? Um, well, yeah, that also came from my dad. He. Um, was a big Celtic man. He's oh, from Glasgow. my whole family's Celtic. That's good. <laughs> oh, that's good. We're off in the right place then. Um, so, yeah, ever since I could really um, walk or whatever I can remember, 
um, I think I just had a football at my feet and my dad just loved it. Um, and he would encourage me to play. Um, I played at school. I didn't actually join my first girls team until maybe eight years old or nine years old. Okay. And is that uh, quite late but, from the way you're saying that? I didn't start till I was eight. <laughs> I've seen some, when I learned to ski, I saw some kids who were like two learning to ski. And I was like, this is mad. And they're so, like, no, teach them young because I've got no fear. Yeah, so like, Lauren was a late bloomer at eight. Wow. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> I think it stems from, um, obviously, I'm 29 now. So when I was younger, there wasn't as many opportunities for girls or girls teams as yeah. there is now. Mm-hmm. Which is a good thing, um, but I did. I played with boys until maybe age eight. But age eight was the kind of first time I joined a team that was for girls, and that was like a a weekly sort of competitive games, playing against other girls teams in the area and things like that. So yeah, up until then, I played with the boys. Begged my dad not to take me because the boys would pass me the ball. Oh, and that was the <laughs> that, thing, right? Because like you're saying, there, there was no opportunities then. That you know, it wasn't. It wasn't like you would have locally a girls team and a boys team. It would just be the boys team, and then you just have to get involved. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. I used to take me. I, I grew up in Perth, so he used to take me down to McDermott Park, which is where St Johnson yeah. play. Mm-hmm. Um, and on just a, I remember it was a Saturday morning. I used to go. It was just like a kind of pay um, as you go sort of thing, and. I remember for weeks and weeks and weeks the boys just would pass and I'd, by chance, just get the ball sometimes and maybe do something good with it. Um, and it was actually down to the coaches there. They had, like a, it was called a green card system. So obviously people who know football know we have a yellow and red card and it's kind of for discipline um, yeah. in the games. But the green card was used as like a, at the end of the session, the coach gives the green card to the person they thought was like a good team player mm-hmm. or someone who's improved. So... After I got one of them, the boys almost were like, oh, okay, Aww. that means they actually are quite good. <laughs> Amazing. So, um, yeah, that's how I started, really. So well, that's, you know. I mean, that is interesting because we're probably looking back on that now. You think how many of those boys were absolute idiots to you and how many of them are p- playing professional football? None. Yeah, exactly. So, yeah, take that. Um, <laughs> take so, that, boys. Yeah, so you went on to do it as a career, right? Yeah, well, kind of why I joined... Um, St. Johnson Girls was my first team, obviously in Perth. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I went on to join Glasgow City mm-hmm. um, for 10 years before I moved out here. Um, so in terms of Glasgow City, I'm not sure if you've heard of them. Yeah. Um, but they are championing, championing women's girls football in Scotland and have been for the last 10, 15 years or so. Um, so I was really lucky to be there. And yeah, we trained four nights a week. Um, we had the game on a Sunday at the same time later um, after school and things. When I went to university, I was a member, like a sports scholar of the SFA National Performance Centre mm-hmm. at Stirling University. So, yeah, we trained three mornings, two gym sessions, plus the four nights a week, plus Ooh, the game on the weekend. Intense. What so, an intense life. And what was it like? I mean, what is it like being a woman in football? Because I know, like, I I, I like football, I guess. But I, I do like it. And I like watching it. And it's fun. I wouldn't say I was, like, super into it. But recently I have be- gotten kind of into watching the girls' teams. And one that... I girls team that I am really rooting for because they're doing so well is um, Arsenal. So Arsenal's girls team is incredible and Lauren, when I followed you on Instagram I noticed that she's friends with all the players and I was a bit like, hello. Um, but yeah, I mean, women's football is just absolutely on the up now, isn't it? Yeah, absolutely. I think 
it comes with, especially where Arsenal are, they're obviously in the Women's Super League in England. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think recently, in the last few years, they have really had so much more exposure, so much more money put into them. You can watch the games on Sky Sports now. They're readily available, accessible for people to see. Amazing. Um, That's really good. Yeah, it's unbelievable. It's, it's, it's so accessible now, which is amazing. In Scotland, BBC Alba is mm-hmm. a really, like, Scottish channel. It's uh, in Scotland. Gaelic, but um, a lot of the women's games are on there as well. That's a really good uh, sort of platform for them to be on, so at least people are more aware of it now. It's there, you can see it if you're free one afternoon, you may be turning Sky Sports on, expecting to see men's football, and maybe see Arsenal women playing. Love it. And I think yeah, that's amazing. I'm lucky enough to, yeah, I'm lucky enough to know a few of the girls that play for Arsenal as well. We're quite good friends from times at Glasgow City or even back to when I played for St Johnston. Um, one of my lifelong friends, Lisa Evans, plays for Arsenal. Uh, and Scotland. Yes, and Scotland. Yeah. Uh, she recently went alone to West Ham. Um, oh, see, I don't know. I didn't know that here. gossip. See, that's see, that's the thing. Like, I'm into it, but like, I'm not that deep. Lauren, you'll need to just keep me updated with these things. You have to send me and Kirsty news alerts from them. Um, so now you're over here in the UAE, and what brought you over here? I think, to be honest, for me. I was about to listen to your um, on your episode of the podcast the other day with Heather, another Scotsman, yes, the coach, I think. Yeah. Um, and she was kind of one at one point in the conversation she was talking about timing, and I think for me it was all about timing. I was twenty six, and I'd kind of I played for Glasgow City for ten years. I played for Scotland under seventeen and under nineteen. Also, I was a scholar at uni with the National Performance Centre with the SFA, and I got to play in Champions League football as well with Glasgow so City. Cool. So I felt like I sort of reached. I felt like I'd achieved what I could achieve. You'd um, completed it, basically. <laughs> yeah, like in my, yeah. with my circumstances, obviously I would have liked to make the step to the Scotland Women's National Team, the first team, and mm-hmm. maybe I've got to go abroad and play on a professional contract, but circumstances and injuries kind of, I felt I was at the point where I was like, okay, I need to kind of step out my comfort zone and maybe try something new, and it's, it's a lot of commitment. It was a big sacrifice, you know. You're getting up at that point. I was going to work all day, going to training at night. A Saturday would come, my only day off. I would literally just be a cabbage on the couch. I couldn't, I couldn't really do much on the, the day off because I was just so tired. And I wouldn't change that for a second because I got so many amazing experiences um, through football. But I just felt it's time for a change, and I love travel. So I thought this applied for the job over here in McLean. I got it, and as you said the other day, I think what's for you won't go by, and I just thought this was something that, it was a really big decision to make and a big risk to take, but I felt like it was something I had to do in my life. And And tell us about your team, Lauren, because this team is special because it's called Onyx FC, and and, and it's the only female-owned football team in the UAE, is that right? Yep, so we're the first fully female-owned football club. Amazing. Um, and is it is it an Emirati female that owns it? And um, there is a few of us that own it, but we do have a local Emirati women on board as Amazing. well. Amazing! Um, I love that. That's really really good. Which is yeah, which is great. And um, my current job, I work with um, I work as a PE teacher in a local school, so I work with the. Um, local Emirati girls every single day. So yeah, it's amazing that we have that representation. Like we're a club that's open to all, all nationalities. So many girls with so many different backgrounds. We just want to make sure that we have a pathway for girls in this country. So our first team um, play in the Arabian Women's Football League on a Wednesday, mm-hmm. on a Wednesday night. Um, so we're just trying to really create a community for people to come. All abilities, we have obviously our first team for girls who've played football like me before, to a decent level. But we're also open socially for people who've never, never kicked the ball before. So rubbish people like us, Kirsty. 
Bitson, speak for yourself. I can block a ball, yeah. I'm scared, but I can do it. Amazing. Oh, you're looking for a goalkeeper. I'll go. Oh, oh, I'm so sorry. Oh, you don't want to get signed up now, no. Oh, I'm so sorry. Uh, Lauren, thank you so much for coming to speak to us. We really appreciate the chat today. Thank you. You're so welcome. Thanks for having me on. wasn't she yeah amazing and like i i love that these women are championing these other women to yeah. get involved and like she said if you've never even kicked a ball or if you are scared of the ball if you're scared like of you. the ball, or if you're like <laughs> if you're pretty good and, yeah. and that's a nice way like we're always talking about ways for people to meet other people yeah. and i think sports teams and people being so open for people to come and join sports teams even if they're complete novices that's another great way for people to meet other people. and it's always great banter stuff like this isn't it like when you're a team there's nothing like it. it's great banter uh, right okay so we've got some questions this week from that dubai girl also you can email us that Dubai girl pod at gmail.com if you want to get in touch with us. Right, here's one for you, Kirsty. Hey, um, girls, my job is really getting me down. Long hours, sleepless nights, low pay for what I'm doing. I want to quit, but I've never done that before. What do I do? How soon will I lose my visa? It's very hard to be in Dubai without one. What should she do? Now, Kirsty, I mean, let me ask you have you ever quit a job before? quit been pushed out no but have have you ever been the one to be like i don't want to do this anymore yeah 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 multiple times so what 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 made you make that decision um okay so my first job i when i moved to the uae actually lived in abu dhabi yeah um i worked in a british i'm air quoting because i know you can't see me a british school which was not it would they basically bought a name of a pretty good school in the uk and just you know um and like when i talk about i worked in key stage one so for people who are not teachery that's like five and under six six and under um and had kids like punch me kick me (gasps) spit at me pull chunks of my hair out um yeah like literally wild um oh my goodness yeah mad and also had other adults scream in my face um and one day a person who was in my i was in i mean it was a big thing for me i moved out at 25 i was in a management team i was 25 and probably like the average age of people working in that school were like 21 22 okay um i showed a bit of initiative so got given quite a like a job at 25 that was like very big okay okay i'd been a teacher for like three years and to be like managing i had like 24 people working under me you feel a bit out of your depth oh it was mad yeah um and i worked with you know just people who just hadn't had the experience Mm -hmm. and just hadn't just didn't know how to act like professionals. And we always think like, well, teaching's quite a professional profession. Yeah. Um, we also have seen the other side of teachers and know they can be absolute wild cases. Oh yeah, as well. well, I've seen them on nights so out. We know. Um, <laughs> and just one day this girl scre- screamed at me over something that just wasn't my fault. Like yeah. and it was just I would just had enough. And I just literally wrote my letter of resignation and I just walked up and handed it in and went, see you later on time. Yes, and this was without a backup. Yeah. So yeah, th- I, I think this enough. is what this girl's saying here, yeah. that she doesn't have a backup. Yeah. But I think when you're pushed to the edge, like, what do you do? And it's hard here when you don't have an employer because you need a visa to be in Dubai, However, right? However, I do think now the whole 
freelance visa and independent visa process yeah. is becoming so much easier. But it's expensive. I've had a freelance visa and it's pretty expensive. It is, but like, I mean, okay, for example, let's say to get a freelance visa and your medical insurance, you're looking at like maybe 20,000 dirhams, yeah. okay? Yeah, yeah. But that visa is probably going to be for three years, mm-hmm. um, not for just one. Yeah. Your medical insurance, I, I got semi-decent medical insurance um, because I'd been here a long time and I wanted to keep the same. I mean, you can get medical insurance for 800 dirhams a year. But that's nothing covered, isn't it? It's yeah, not, that's it's not nothing. safe. <laughs> so if you want, like, I, I've probably got, like, a bit better a than, like, one. the yeah. average. Yeah. Um, and, you know, that sent me back, I think, about 7,000. Um, but when you put this figures together yeah. and divide it up yeah. and work out how much that is per month, it's actually not that much. And it's also a lot it's an in investment in yourself, yeah. isn't it? Yeah. So, I mean, it's hard. Like, how you actually quit a job. Like, I have quit at one job. Mm. Now, I was working in a bar at uni. Shock. And I liked the job and it was all going well, but I also I used to work weekend shifts and I couldn't do a weekend shift one weekend because I was going to a funeral. No joke. Yeah. Not so I was, like I, I want to go out for the weekend. No, I was going to a funeral and uh, it's a strange circumstance. It was one of the girls who I used to go to school with and she was in Guyana mm. um, and she was on a gap year. And she, this is horrific, she fell off a cliff, right? Oh my God. She fell off a cliff. And the manager at my workplace was like, okay, whose funeral is it? And I was like, well, it's my, it's my friend. Why? What happened to her? And I said, well, actually, she fell off a cliff. And he says, oh, good one. I've never heard such bullshit in my life. <laughs> I was shocked, right? And mm. I kind of went home and I thought about it. And I was like, wait, like, it does sound kind of unbelievable. I kind of get mm. it. But then I go into work the next day and he'd been telling all the staff that I'd been bullshitting this story about my friend falling off a cliff. And I was like, right, that's enough. So I wrote my letter of resignation, handed it in, and, and that was that. And I didn't even work my notice because I just thought there's no, I just don't want to be here. It's not a good circumstance. But I think when you leave a job, the main thing is, Try and go out on the right foot. No matter what's happened, I feel like you should always... Yeah, I and I agree with that. But I just think sometimes here, in my experience, no matter how much you try and go out on the right foot, yeah. you can do it. Like yeah. I've had jobs where I have... Okay, for the teaching industry majority of the time you're given a terms notice mm-hmm. right in a so lot that like three months is it a term? three months yeah. yeah it's actually more than that because normally terms run over holidays so okay. it's probably nearer to four months right there's not really many other jobs where you have to give more than 30 no. days notice. it's usually a month as standard isn't exactly. it exactly and in teaching normally especially over here so yeah. this is teaching here in the uk it's half a term so it's about six six weeks which is much more reasonable, mm-hmm. right? So over here, you normally get asked in January if you're planning to renew for another academic year, which means you're getting asked to decide if you're going to stay another year from August for another whole year. Interesting. So you're getting to ask kind of like to commit to another 18 You guys months. are like footballers yeah, with all these mad. contracts. <laughs> mad. Um, and I just think that's unreasonable and like I've worked yeah. in companies where they've been like if you don't say that you're staying then we're going to advertise your job and that's mad and what? that's mad and okay and I've been in jobs where I've at that point said look I'm probably I'm not 100% but I think I'm probably leaving yeah. and then I've got to the point where you have to resign by and I've resigned but do, like see when you'd say that because it's so far in advance do you feel like they would just treat you differently after that or do you think they just let you get on with it 
Um, I think once you, well, in my experience, when I've had jobs that I've been unhappy in, once I've resigned, they just leave me be. Yeah. Um, depending on the circumstances of your resignation. Um, but yeah, I think I, I've had friends who have worked real hard and done everything they're meant to do and given the correct notice, given more than the correct notice. I had a friend who in January actually resigned and said, look, I'm definitely leaving. I'm moving back home. I want to give you as much notice as possible. I'm not going to hold out until the end of March. Mm -hmm. I'm just going to tell you how it is. And even when it came to her, like, so here in the UAE, you know, you get a flight, you get a gratuity, da, 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 da. Well, most places. Well, yeah, you, you should. <laughs> you should. Um, and they still messed her around. They still tried to deduct things. They still, and I just think it's so wrong. Yeah. Like I just think, especially when she's been kind enough to give them all exactly, that notice. Yeah, exactly. And I and I do think, like you said, like sometimes you can say, um, "Oh, I'm I'm going to go," blah blah blah, and they do treat you differently. Yeah. And they do treat you badly. Mm. And I just think, why does it have to be like that? You can have every, like me personally, every job I've ever left. I've wanted to leave on a good standing and Mm. I've always wanted to be like, I want to leave so that, you know, we can still have a relationship and I can still, in other words, not that I'm particularly important, but so I can talk about that company and say, yeah, I would recommend them. But I can honestly tell you now, every single job I have left in this country, I've I've wanted to set fire to the person (laughs) I walked out of it. Like, it doesn't matter what, what, whether I resigned with loads of time, whether I made a decision late. Honestly, I've never walked out of a job here and thought, oh, what a lovely experience it was. (laughs) What a lovely leaving experience. Right. Well, Disclaimer, I have whoa. never set fire to any building. Who knew you had this arsonist side? Who knew you were an arsehole? We're not an arsehole. A hypothetical, um, hypothetical look, So fire. I think what we would say to this girl is, just do it. Yeah, mate, just do it. Like, Life's too short. Also, when you leave here, right, like I just said, if you get a gratuity or whatever, yeah. you're looking at at least like probably, if you've done two years, you're looking at a written near enough to a month's salary, yeah. right? Or yeah. at least like a decent amount with your flight and everything. You get... Once they cancel your visa, which takes them forever anyway, you get the 30 days on paper, which is technically 40 days. You could then renew, which is like 600 dirhams for another like 60 days or something. So you've got three months. And Mm -hmm. I think with the UAE, it's always better to physically be here Mm -hmm. for a job. Yeah, I agree. And um, I've helped companies with recruitment and they want people to start instantly. So actually you tend to find that if you're unemployed Mm -hmm. and you've got the right skill set and you're ready to go, companies are ready for you. Companies don't actually want to wait 30 days, 45 days for someone anymore. They want someone that they can interview on a Thursday and starts on a Sunday. That's great. You've given so, us a wee shining light there, Christy. Yeah, I think go for it. Yeah. Go for it, girl. Life's too short and do you know what? Unless you're in loads of debt and you can't afford to survive, then please don't. (laughs) Please sort yourself out What you can do in that instance is just go and never come back. I mean, we're not not, not saying that you should respond, but we know people that have done that. We do, but also they're proper cracking down on that. So, like, um, when I left my last job, there was quite a big group of us, and it was before a summer holiday where, you know, if you're going to another teaching job, if you're not becoming an insane person who works for themselves, um, you get, like, a six-week holiday. And I had one girl who I was friends with who got literally like pulled over at the airport and told blah 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 so she wasn't actually leaving for good she was just going on holiday just going on holiday but because but this was no 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 she wasn't and she didn't have any debt or anything this was not what i'm talking about i'm talking about she the cat the company hadn't properly done the visa cancellation so it looked like she was absconding um from her job role or something i don't know they got to the bottom of it anyway 
Um, but like that was because the company themselves had made a mistake when they were doing the cancellation. And so there she is, like off on a holiday to Zanzibar. Life, got her hat on, her yeah, bikini in the yeah, bag. Yeah, yeah. And like was so stressed out and so upset. I mean, Aww. it all got resolved and she went on a holiday and it, and it, was, it was fine. Fun. But do you need that stressful 90 minutes before you get on a plane? No. no. You want to be in duty free having a wine? Well, it'll be fine. I'm sure your visa will cancel fine and stuff as well. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> like, I'm sorry that I'm telling the people yeah, horror stories. Sure but fine. no, I think my advice is... Go for if it. If you're really, truly unhappy, as long as you can... I think whenever you quit a job, you need to know that you can survive for like the next two two to three months. Yes. Um, if you can't do that, then please don't quit your job. But and if it's going to make you happy, you've got to do it. Yeah. If you are literally miserable, hate in the morning when you have to go to work. Yeah. And if you, if it's giving you the fear, just get out of there. I love it. And on that note, Kirsty, let's get out of here. Let's go. Let's Where are we going? Um, I mean, I want to go to bed. I've just oh. been sat here saying really so tired. I and am. I'm on the breakfast show right now, so We're I'm probably going to have to go to my bed at like seven o'clock tonight. Can't wait. Oh, sometimes I love a seven o'clock bedtime. You're such a loser. All right, bye. Bye. bye.